0: So let me get this straight, we are going back to ancient Rome where we will kill and take on the identities of Pliny the Elder and the Younger and live as them so that our exploits may be recorded in history so when we return to our own time we can have insider info for our show and save the world? <laughs> yep.
1: It's a good thing that our valve timing time actuator was not actually stolen by a cryptid. It was simply my business partner, Quentin, inspecting
0: it. That thing was a frog. Yes. Right. So, then we just hop in the machine and... And pull the Lover!
1: Where are we? Oh crud. I I think I miscalculated something. Uh-oh. Looks like those folks are <laughs> flailing their limbs.
0: Oh crap. They're coming for us. It's the dancing plague.
2: Ah.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Crack Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again joined by the personification of mystery, Angel. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to ask you about a passion, and I, I think that's the best word to use for this, a passion of yours, Angel. It goes without saying that you are the show's resident Yogi Bear, as you absolutely love picnic baskets. I always say, is there an event going on outside? Angel has his picnic basket. Is there a long car ride? Angel has his picnic basket. Going to an actual picnic? I'm sure Angel has his picnic basket and his backup picnic basket. So with the start of spring underway, I'm guessing lots of people will start heading out to the parks with their own picnic baskets. For you though, it's not just about going to a place to eat your picnic, it's about the whole experience. It seems for quite some time you have been absolutely consumed by designing your own picnic game, which I have just recently learned is called corn cobs. Correct me if I am wrong, but the general idea is that everyone shucks an ear of corn, takes off all the kernels, and then uses the cob as an item to hit a target. The target is a circle made with the discarded husks. Each player tosses at the husk circle from 25 feet back, scoring points, of course, for how many they get in the circle. And then you get to eat the corn afterwards, so winners all around, right? How, and maybe more importantly, why did you come up with this game?
0: The answer to this is all very, very complicated. I want to summon a demon. The corn cobbler. (laughs) And this is the best way to do it.
1: (laughs) Um, I have heard from other sources, it's not always best to say the name of a demon because it gives it power. So you may inadvertently be giving the corn cobbler, as you say, even more power than you want to. You just gave it more power, too, by saying its
0: name, that name being the
1: corn cobbler. I mean, it's the corn cobbler. He can't, I don't want to taunt him, but why are you trying to get the corn cobbler into this plane of existence? And why through a picnic?
0: Since the beginning of time, man has been eating corn and destroying the environment through that eating of corn. The corn cobbler will come and consume us all. Hence, all corn will continue to exist
1: then forth. Then forth. So what's the game have to do with the corn gobbler?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it's just something fun to
1: pass the time. just to... <laughs> In between summoning attempts, go out in the picnic, throw some husked corn Yeah, a c- circle.
0: I mean, because, you know, the few times that I've done it, nothing's happened. So got to make it seem like we're not wasting time. It's like, oh, are you trying to summon a demon? No, no, it's just a game, guys. It's just a game. Just a game. Let's eat. Fun. Let's eat the corn we just, uh, you know, shucked.
1: <laughs> so, are there any other picnic games that you have in design that just haven't made it to the picnic table yet?
0: Yeah, there's one where it's, we pick the wings off butterflies. God, oh. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I haven't been able to make it a game yet. <laughs> there's no there's no scoring yet for it mm-hmm. the other one is the needle prickling oh, God. on yourself no no it's uh you know you have a bunch of needles and then you try to prickle the other guy
1: <laughs> prickle. just a couple of friends going to prickle each other at the picnic <laughs> this sounds fun
0: yeah you gotta keep score
1: <laughs> And maybe just maybe there's some of your cactus <laughs> cactus needles. Exactly.
0: Uh. Making hybrid.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna make some uh, hybrid corn cacti? I could.
0: <laughs> you could. Trying to make I'm trying to make the needles uh, withstand the uh, sheer force. So I can have the ultimate needle <laughs> to prickle someone.
1: So you husk the corn. <laughs> and then there's needles inside it that spring out. Yep. Trapped corn. It's, it's, <laughs>
0: it's like a bomb. When you when you break it, they just shoot out. So it's like,
1: ah. <laughs> just get hit. Shrapnel cacti needles. <laughs> not good. just wanted some corn. Yep. Well, thank you for sharing your picnic enthusiasm as we uh, sort of jump into spring. Hopefully it's a good season for you. Maybe, I don't know if I want the corn cobbler to show up. So I'm not going to congratulate you on that sort of aspect.
0: Well, your invite is in the mail.
1: <laughs> and I expect to see you. Yep. I'll bring soon. my Ouija board made out of uh, dried kernels.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. None of that demon stuff, man. <laughs>
1: you said he's a demon. He's
0: a corn cobbler, though. This is different. It's different. demon with an A.
1: Damon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my friend Damon, (laughs) the corn gobbler (laughs) so there are a few news articles that popped up this week that really caught my attention Angel and this one uh, surrounding a topic that shows up in our show either inadvertently or intentionally it's scary how much this movie shows up in our our conversations Jurassic Park so coming from the website unexplainedmysteries.com It is titled, Neuralink Co-Founder Hints at Jurassic Park. The article goes on to say, Max Hodak has suggested that it is probably possible for the firm to create a real-life Jurassic Park. Whether this could actually work in reality, however, has long remained a topic of debate. Now, though, Max Hodak, co-founder of Elon Musk's Neuralink company, eh, just a a splice in my own opinion here, I think it's funny that he's a co-founder of... Elon Musk's Neuralink company, it's their joint company, it's not Elon Musk's company if he's a co-founder, but whatever, has suggested on social media that not only is it possible, but that the firm could actually do it if it wanted to. Biodiversity is definitely valuable. Conservation is important and makes sense, he wrote. But why do we stop there? Why don't we more intentionally try to generate novel diversity? We could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. Wouldn't it be genetically authentic dinosaurs but maybe 15 years of breeding and engineering to get super exotic novel species. If we break his comments down it seems that what he is suggesting is that we could create new species via genetic engineering though these wouldn't necessarily be genuine dinosaurs. It's also not clear if by we, he means Neuralink or science in general, especially given that the company's focus is on creating brain-computer interfaces. As things stand, however, there are no known plans for Neuralink to actually do anything like this, the article concludes. So, Angel, not uh, pretty much a non-story here, just an, an um, attention-grabbing headline, but what do you make of our potential Jurassic Park?
0: First thing I noticed is that this guy has clearly not either not seen the movie or read the book mm-hmm. um he says that oh we could create Jurassic park if we wanted to but they won't be genetically authentic dinosaurs um that's exactly how it goes in Jurassic park the dinosaurs are not genetically authentic they mm-hmm. they mentioned that but in the, the book <laughs> the 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 movie is a little bit more subtle about that but they a pc game came out that kind of brought that back to the forefront it's like yeah the dinosaurs were never meant to be genetically authentic
1: part of the reason it all goes to hell yep <laughs> and and then it's it's also like so we're not even making dinosaurs so then it's not even really a jurassic park it's just you're <laughs> making creatures to make creatures it, it sounds cool like <laughs> just isn't that like one of the things, like really the themes of Jurassic Park? Like, you don't necessarily have to do something just because you have the ability to do it. Yep. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think about that?
0: I'll just quote from the movie. Doctor Ian Malcolm, played by uh, Jeff Goldblum,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he says, your, "Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should."
1: Wow, <laughs> I couldn't believe we got Jeff Goldblum on the show. <laughs>
0: I was uh, at a park today. There was a section where there's supposed to be freshwater turtles. And there was just a little, like, spring and a little tiny pond and lots of foliage. And there weren't any turtles. And I turned to my wife and I say, There is going to be dinosaurs on this dinosaur tour. Right?
1: (laughs) God. (laughs) That movie Jurassic lives on with in me. your blood. It's yes. in your blood. Yes. I mean, maybe I'm going to change my opinion here. I, I want it to happen. I want them to create the freak creatures just so something goes wrong and then they escape and we have, you know, these exotic super species out in the woods to uh become invasive species too because we need more of them.
0: Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's pretty much what happens in the latest Jurassic World movie where they just get let loose.
1: Then we just got to deal with it. Yep. Nope. Hope some cool, like, cool action guy is ready at a moment's notice to save us. And then corral up all the uh, <laughs> demon dinosaurs. The Damon dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. So beyond the potential Jurassic Park, we have a very odd news story here. It is titled, also from unexplainedmysteries.com, Police Seek Identity of Masked Slender Man. <laughs> So it goes on to say an eerie masked individual has been captured on security camera in a South Carolina neighborhood on March 24th. The mysterious interloper who was wearing a creepy white mask with holes for the eyes and nose showed up unexpectedly outside a house in Sumter's Meadowcraft subdivision. His or her appearance scared the residents in the house, according to the sheriff's office, sparking an ongoing police hunt to identify and apprehend the individual responsible. A CCTV snapshot of the intruder later posted on social media quickly sparked a flurry of comments with users, likening the appearance to that of Slenderman, a fictitious entity invented on an internet forum who typically appears as a very tall, thin... gaunt <laughs> individual with a, this a black joke? suit <laughs> no face the character has been the subject of numerous creepypasta stories over the last few years however this is the first time that someone who resembles him has turned up in a wanted posting could the suspect have been pulling a prank or was he planning to break into the house the search for answers continues the article concludes angel we have a potential slender man Copycat? I don't know what we'd exactly call it. What do you think of this story?
0: I don't understand. I'm looking at the picture and how did somebody come to the de- decide that this is supposed to be a Slenderman lookalike or something?
1: Like, I I don't know. It's uh it's it, it's, re- it's reaching. That is it, beyond reaching.
0: It doesn't even fit like the Slenderman lore <laughs> from what I remember. <laughs> uh.
1: It is more closely associated, I think, to The Purge, if you've ever seen The Purge movies. Yep. It just looks like some guy in a mask looking at a, <laughs> directly into a, a camera, and he's like, I'm here to kill you because <laughs> today's the one day that <laughs> yep. all crime is legal. Yeah. It makes me uh, think, though, if there was one cryptid entity that you could become a mass murderer in the likeness of, who would it be or maybe just robber i guess he's not there's no allegation that he's a mass murderer yet. um that or that he's even robbing anything there's nothing that actually even happened um what let me rephrase this <laughs> if there if there is one cryptid out there that you could don the likeness of and do nefarious things as who would that be
0: oh that's easy spring hill jack <laughs>
1: Just reenact, yeah, eighteen thirties London, and mm-hmm. mm, and, and and blow uh, blue flames out of my mouth. So, if when when your picture eventually taken on a house camera, what do you think the title would be? Would anyone even know who Springhill Jack is? Or they say, <laughs> police seek identity of masked Slenderman.
0: They'll probably <laughs> say they'll, they'll probably say it's a, it's a Mothman sighting. Oh no. Oh, no.
1: Oh. Mothman. <laughs> I would don my antlers. I would put <laughs> on my wings. I would put on my duck feet. Oh god. And my coxcomb would go in the middle of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I would be I would be the Wolpertinger going house to house. Uh have a pre recorded lines of Dave Coulier. Oh, god. <laughs> and I would become Jackalope Bandit because no one would know what the Wolpertinger is.
0: (laughs) And then uh, Dave Coulier would be arrested.
1: (laughs) It's all all scam just to get him. We gotta bring Dave down. So with those life-altering news articles out of the way, let us turn our focus to our strange event for this episode. And I have to tell you, Angel... Ever since we started researching this one, you've had a little extra tap in your step, a little hint of a tune in your whistle, Mm -hmm. and just a smidge of a bounce in your shoulders. For a moment, it, it was uncanny likeness. I thought that you were the old guy from those Six Flags of America commercials 25 years ago or so when Venga Boy's classic We Like to Party song hit, and he jumped off the bus, started dancing, i thought it was him because <laughs> this week we are looking into the dancing plague of 1518 have you ever felt the need angel the need for dance every minute of every day <laughs> you some i've i've seen your arms they have like um bruising because you have to strap yourself down <laughs> the chair sometimes or else you might just get up and bust a move
0: yep it's uh it's in my blood i think
1: <laughs> along with several other things that be there. <laughs> sometimes there are just songs out there that drill their beat into your brain and you can't get it out sometimes you just feel the groove and you gotta shake that rump is there a song that jumps into your mind when you hear the word dance
0: yes it's uh one of Bach's partitas
1: You hear some bach and you just got to do get my up.
0: my three steps. <laughs> my 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 waltzes. Got to do my little my little jigs.
1: You might be the only person <laughs> left in the world that's like bach is what does it for me. Now, these words are etched into my eyeballs ever since a 6th grade dance angel. Since then, this song has become the pinnacle of dance music for me. I'll siren sing these <laughs> lyrics for you. He came to town like a midwinter storm. He rode through the fields so handsome and strong. His eyes was his tools, and his smile was his gun. But all he had come for was having some fun. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe. I'd be married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe's razor, that axiom that states for something to have come from somewhere, it must therefore go somewhere. So where did the dancing plague of 1518 come from? This one is just eerie angel. Just like Cotton Eye Joe, this damn plague just popped up one day and everybody was like metaphorically, son of a bitch, <laughs> it's Cotton Eye Joe. Lace up those dance shoes angel. We're about to tango till the sun comes up. You ready? Very ready. Take my hand. Put (laughs) your other hand on my waist. Leading us down this waltz into the ballroom of history is the book, The Dancing Plague, The Strange True Story of an Extraordinary Illness by John Waller. In 2009, does a, I think, very good job at setting the dance floor for this insane event. And we must travel back to July 14th, 1518 for this story. Presumably a perfect day outside in the eastern portion of France. John tells us, somewhere amid the narrow lanes, the congested wharves, the stable, the workshops, forges, and fairs of the medieval city of Strasbourg. Frau Trophia stepped outside and began to dance. Despite it sounding like a story hook in a Dungeon and Dragons campaign, John goes on, so far as we can tell, no music was playing and she showed no signs of joy as her skirts flew up and around her rapidly moving legs. To the casternation of her husband, she went on dancing throughout the day, and as the shadows lengthened and the sun set behind the city's half-timbered houses, it became clear that Frau Trophia simply could not stop. Only after many hours of crazed motion did she collapse from exhaustion. What do you think here, Angel? Was Frau Trophia like Mumbles the Emperor Penguin in the 2009 mega smash hit, Happy Feet? And she was just like, I gotta dance. His
0: name was Mumbles? Well,
1: I had to look <laughs> it up. <laughs> Come I didn't on. Know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I relate because I've had that, you know, just dancing. Can't stop dancing. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep moving. You know, it's like Speed, like the movie. There's a bomb, and if I slow down, I'm going to blow up. Yeah. You're going to blow up.
1: And then your cactus needles go <laughs> <laughs> So when So when you first hear this story, a woman spontaneously begins to dance and only stops when she passes out from exhaustion, Like, what's the first thing that pops into your mind that could cause this to happen?
0: You want my real answer or the answer that a 1500s... Uh, I'm a boat. This is a, c- a clear case of female hysteria. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's your today's answer. What's the one from the 1500s? Well,
0: the one from the 1500s is probably some sort of demonic possession. Oh.
2: Oh. <laughs> it was the corn cobbler.
1: <laughs> well, keep that in mind, Angel mere hours later frau Trophia starts to <laughs> she starts to wheeze the juice again <laughs> and resumes her dance dance revolution until she is once again taken over by exhaustion day three rolls around and you know what happens angel she keeps dancing <laughs> she keeps dancing frau <laughs> Trophia is like the damn little engine that could with bloodied and bruised feet she commences the jiggling three days angel Three days of dancing. How does a person physically do that?
0: What I want to know is, you know, doing this research, everyone kind of repeats the same thing that they were dancing. Mm -hmm. But there's no definition of what dancing is. So Mm -hmm. what is it that they're doing that they're thinking, oh, that's a dance as opposed to like, oh, she's convulsing or, you know, anything else Mm -hmm. weird.
1: Because modern say millennial thought to the, like dance, the first thing that pops into my mind is like early like two thousands, uh like MTV music videos of like J Lo doing this amazingly choreographed dance or something yeah. like that. I doubt Frau Trophia was like popping and locking <laughs> and like just busting a move out there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't <laughs> picture it quite happening like that. But to the point where her feet are bloodied and bruised from moving so much, I suppose, is the idea. At least that's the uh, physical ramifications of doing it for so long. So, do you think you have what it takes to pull a frau trophy and dance for three days? Even if it's just, like, jumping up and down? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do it for three hours? Yes. (laughs) Yes? Okay. At least we got a three in there somewhere. (laughs) Well, apparently... Others thought they could, as John Waller claims that one contemporary source recorded that dozens of onlookers had gathered, drawn by the sheer oddness of this remorseless spectacle. Within days, more than 30 people had taken to the streets, seized by the same urgent need to dance, hop, and leap into the air. They went on day and night in clogs, leather boots, or barefoot, their limbs aching with fatigue, their heels bleeding copiously, probably some with sinews torn to the bone. Waller further states that those 30 became at least 100. And by August, no less than a month later, 400 people had experienced the madness. 400 people. It's like a damn flash mob, Mm -hmm. Angel. What what is going on in your mind here? I like first thought of now there's four one to thirty to a hundred to four hundred in the matter of a month.
0: One of my thoughts is there was once a man who went around preaching, and then he died, and then several years later, people started claiming he came back, and that he suddenly he's the son of God. What I'm trying to say is I'm thinking things got exaggerated
1: a little bit. Yeah, it's a very real possibility that's um one became several <laughs> and then not four hundred.
0: Yeah. I'm starting to lose my train of thought. <laughs> about Jesus
1: <laughs> and his Easter eggs.
0: Jesus Oh no, I wasn't talking about Jesus. I was talking about the Buddha. <laughs> the
1: the yeah
0: it's I think it's just uh I mean maybe there's some truth to it, but I don't think it's exactly four hundred people.
1: So like 398 <laughs> thereabouts <laughs> maybe 402 <laughs> something like that <laughs> so usually in medieval and even colonial history you easily find people pointing to the devil being the mastermind or cause of this type of calamity not so much this time as i suppose the devil just wasn't a champion of dance The crowd that gathered to watch Frau Trophia decided this affliction was possibly divine and sent from heaven. Trophia was put in a wagon and brought at least a day's ride away to a shrine to St. Vitus, the patron saint of dancing. In the book Get Well, Jennifer Wright states that in the 1500s, a common curse was, God give you St. Vitus. The cursed person would then, hopefully, develop a fever in St. Vitus's dance. Which over time actually became known as Sydenham's chorea, a disorder characterized by rapid, uncoordinated jerking movements, primarily affecting the face, hands, and feet. So just haphazard movements of the body. And Angel, we have covered our fair share of curses, but if you designed a curse to make someone dance, what do you think it would be? The,
0: the, what, do you, what are those things called? Itchy, itchy powder? It has a name. <laughs> Yes. Yes it does. It's called itchy powder. It makes you itch.
1: Oh, okay. Did you say itchy powder? <laughs> <laughs> then it confuses them and they start dancing. Yes. <laughs> itchy powder on you.
0: Put it put it on, on the in their feet, in their shoes. That'll make them be like, What's going on? So it's a,
1: how is that a curse? <laughs> <laughs> You're just putting powder on somebody. But well, they
0: don't know what's happening.
1: No. <laughs> It's a, it's a meta curse, only you know what's yes. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> How'd you get it in their shoes? <laughs> Did you, like, sneak into their house? Uh,
0: yeah, I live under the bed. Uh, Hello.
1: <laughs> Wearing your Spring Hill Jack <laughs> outfit <laughs> with your itching powder. <laughs> oh, no. Got some real problems on our hands this episode. <laughs> I think mine would be, may Cindy Lopper be upon your house. <laughs> so. With my very out-of-date reference. Why don't we look <coughs> at where the dance plague went? Because every plague or pandemic has to end. <laughs> right, Angel? Yes. <laughs> they, they do end, right? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> they end.
0: <laughs> That's what we're hoping.
1: <laughs> so we have dancing that just took over a town in the Holy Roman Empire. But this is not the first time of such an event supposedly occurring, Angel. Dancing mania or choreomania is apparently a thing Europeans have been dealing with for quite some time. The earliest supposed outbreaks began in the 7th century and then they abruptly stopped in the 17th century. Some of the notable ones that I saw included a group of 18 peasants that began singing and dancing around a church, disturbing a Christmas Eve service in what is now Germany around the year 1020. How about that, Angel? Was it just a bunch of people trolling the service? Or do you think it was a true dance outbreak that overtook them? This
0: specific uh, situation? No, nah, yeah. is definitely trolling. I think trolls mm-hmm. have been around since the beginning of time.
1: They're like, screw this. Screw this uh, Christmas Eve celebration or service. We're yep. dancing. <laughs> and I, I may be mistaken, but I, I believe this is also the one where... The people that were afflicted, they actually started to act out their profession like mimes do. <laughs> like, say, if one was a cobbler, he was miming that he was making shoes. And if, like, a seamstress would mime that she's sewing, like, that just leaves me with more questions. Like, what the hell was going on in 1020 where people are like, I'm just going to start acting out my my job <laughs> outside of this Christmas service?
0: I just think it's funny um, that they started what singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. i could just imagine like hey stop all that caroling for christmas this is not a thing
1: don't do that <laughs> no you can't move when you carol i you gotta stand right in front of the poor bastard's door and scream into it in 1237 once again in what is now germany a very large group of kids danced for 12 miles or 20 kilometers so think back to your childhood angel could you dance for 12 miles
0: uh, as a child no no, oh, I <laughs> I didn't even like dancing.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember like I don't know how I got involved in it, but when I was in like elementary school, there's a thing jump rope for heart, and it was just like jump roping for heart like disease uh-huh. um, research, I guess. And you you would try to see how many times you could jump rope, and I couldn't do it like more than twenty times. So I can't dance twelve <laughs> miles. Those kids were on a whole nother level. <laughs> if if you were a kid and saw like a mob of kids dancing, do you join in at that point just for the fun of it or do you like nah, I'm nah. Not, uh, I'm going I'm home. I'm turning the other way. <laughs> You're yeah, going home. This, there's no way I, I see something
0: like that. I, they're they're up to no good.
1: These hooligans <laughs> out on the road <laughs> in 1237. So then, 40 years later, about 200 people started to dance on a bridge over the River Meuse, and the bridge collapsed. Most of the survivors were brought to a nearby facility dedicated to the Lord of Dance, St. Vitus. So, put yourself in their Happy Feet Angel, just feeling the groove and dancing on a bridge, and it collapses. <laughs> like, what do you do in that situation? I mean, there's not much you can do, is there? <laughs> oh, I just thought of another bridge that collapsed that we covered before. Was something flying in the air? Oh no! A Did they see something? <laughs> Someone's dancing and say, "Look up in the sky! <laughs> it's it's hair moth man." <laughs> man, the bridge collapsing as you're dancing on it. Uh, it's a that's a buzz killer. I mean,
0: they're the ones that caused it. Probably.
1: I don't know. There's 200 people going on the damn bridge, jumping up and down on it. I'm not trusting the bridge from uh, 1287 (laughs) with 200 people on it. I'm sorry. Possibly my favorite one that's mentioned is from H.C. Eric Middlefort's 1999 book, A History of Madness in 16th Century Germany, which, my God, what a focused time and place to look at madness. It states, however... In 1374, an outbreak occurred in Cologne and the dancers begged to have their stomach beaten and cried out for St. John for relief. If you did something for so long and you're like, please beat my stomach so I, need, so I can finally stop doing it, what do you think would have to occur for that to happen? Can you think of any scenario where you can't stop and you ask someone to beat your stomach? If I've been put under a spell, that's is that your like code word for the world like to let people know you're under a spell. <laughs> beat my stomach. Well, I mean I I need to be stopped, right? Like
0: let's let's say I'm being <laughs> controlled and I'm pointing a gun at somebody. It's like please beat me. I can't control beat, myself. Beat my
1: stomach. <laughs> Do you think that's a good way to take someone down? Like beat me in beat in my stomach? stomach. I think I feel like
0: maybe people in the 1500s were had their their constitutions were a lot lower. Then those of us today (laughs) getting beat in the stomach might just take them down
1: as they dance on a bridge before it collapses. So is there a a moment like, or at what moment does doing something for so, so long, like the thought of beat my stomach enters your mind? Like, is it, is there a threshold that you can think of that at that point you're like, I need to stop this. If I, if I couldn't physically stop it. So these people are dancing for potentially days like at, after 2 hours of dancing uncontrollable dancing or you are like it's okay to start beating my stomach to make um, me stop
0: i think the moment i start dancing and i realize i'm not in control i'd be like please somebody <laughs> the would just stop me right yeah. now
1: <laughs> get the hammers and start beating the like, guys i'm
0: not doing this i'm not in my in control <laughs> beat me in the stomach please <laughs>
1: Now here's here's one last one cuz I love the stomach beating. <laughs> so hypothetically here Angel, so Jigsaw from the Saw movies has you in a I'm very gone. very convoluted death scenario. <laughs> you have to keep dancing or you die, and the way you die is a baseball bat repeatedly hitting you in the <laughs> stomach. <laughs> how long how long do you think in that scenario you could go before the beating commenced?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like saw, uh, Jigsaw always gives you a way to
1: a way out. No, this is this is the later movies where there is no oh, way I, out. I'm not familiar with those. <laughs>
0: I guess all the love of life has trickled away from this man or whoever's Jigsaw at that point. <laughs> um, do I know I'm gonna die? I mean, it's like if I know it's inevitable
1: so hypothetically <laughs> in this scenario you know of the overall concept of jigsaw being out there in, in this hypothetical world and you're like oh god i'm in a jigsaw scenario
0: i think i try i mean i figure you know hey if i'm gonna die i want to see how long i can do this for <laughs> before
1: the whirlwind of baseball bats start hitting you in the yes. stomach yes
0: <laughs> yes again this, this well, is like oh, i gave it a shot this jigsaw. is this is just like speed again <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you blow up and your, your needles yep. come out. <laughs> so, with all that minus the jigsaw hypothetical here, there is precedent for what occurred in 1518. There was some sort of weird dancing stuff going on in Europe. So, what exactly caused it? This has pretty much been argued since the moment it all began. So, in the moment of it happening, this is where our first theory comes from just the theory that I've titled otherworldly origins very much a supernatural aspect to it a curse maybe demons just too much sinning was saint vitus just looking down at people and I was like you you fools just have to start dancing many people at the time attributed some sort of supernatural force to the cause what do you think ab- about that do you think within the confines of that time reasonable <laughs> They should have been enlightened, damn it. Yes. <laughs> Those fools. <laughs> they should have known better. So then with today's thoughts, you're, you're in the moment thoughts. Otherworldly origins, you don't like it? No. I am I'm, no, I'm no. over the alien thing.
0: <laughs>
1: I never <laughs> said aliens. But that gives me a good idea.
0: <laughs> if you say otherworld, that means aliens. <laughs> it's the very
1: definition so otherworldly terrestrial origins (laughs) (laughs) theory two is uh titled (laughs) paracelsus hates the supernatural (laughs) so paracelsus is a swiss-born or was a swiss-born alchemist and philosopher who visited Strasbourg seven years after the dancing plague to try and figure out exactly what in tarnation was going on in the book The Dance Manias of the Middle Ages by Ossie Turner, it is stated that Paracelsus was the first to attribute the mania to medical causes as opposed to the supernatural. So he is actually the one who named Frau Trophia as starting it all and was pretty much like this is just some darn woman doing stupid women things. And the general idea from him is that Trophia was faking it as nothing annoyed her husband more than dancing. And I must ask you, Angel, what the hell is wrong with hair trophia if dancing is a thing that annoys him more than no other? I always get these movies confused, but
0: I remember I'm reminded of uh that Kevin Bacon movie where, Footloose? yes, Footloose, where he goes to this town and they're totally against rock music and dancing, and it's like, okay, <laughs> Stupid yeah. I figure that
1: he's, like, one of those. <laughs> he's, he's he's the personification of that yes. town. <laughs> oh, what a... <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> would... So, for you, would, would dancing rank in your top 100 things of things that annoy you?
0: No. Not at all.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, like, who hates... Who's... Uh, like, as annoyed by dancing. Like, I imagine just, like, the general idea... Of dancing to me that's like saying i hate music not just a specific kind like i hate the idea of music no one says well that. i
0: mean depends because there you know maybe it's a generational thing where that you know i remember it was his wife i remember (laughs) in you know when i was growing up you know my parents or my grandparents you know they danced a certain way and they see the youngins dancing they're like what Mm -hmm. that's not dancing like that's vulgar you know so maybe Mm -hmm. it was a situation where it's like you're dancing the wrong the the younger person's dance Mm -hmm. and it's like that is not that's not appropriate
1: that's not the trophy away (laughs) in this family damn it yeah (laughs) Celsus believed a, a woman would do this just to make her husband upset. So just the cause of this being an unhappy wife trying to embarrass her poor, poor husband. His argument is then that she wasn't able to stop because she basically believed that she had become afflicted with something after she had started it, like some sort of self-fulfilling dance prophecy. In all, he had three potential causes the first just being imagination so people just thought they were inflicted so that could help explain the people that joined in supposedly second is some sort of desire such as a repression of sexual feelings and this manifested then in this uh, dancing outbreak that people just couldn't control those desires anymore lastly he says that it could have been something natural like something wrong with their diet, they had fasted for too long, or even sitting in uncomfortable chairs could have been the cause. So what are you thinking about Paracelsus ideas, Angel?
0: Paracelsus seems like an, an asshole. <laughs> a but there is uh maybe one idea that he that you brought up that might make sense, which is something lacking in the in their diet. For example, just having a deficiency in vitamin B5 can cause a poor mood, childish behavior, behavior, numbness or tingling in the hands and feet, insomnia, elevated heart rate in response to minor exertion, gut problems such as abdominal cramps, gas, nausea, and vomiting. And I, I'm thinking to myself, if I had abdominal cramps, I'd ask somebody to please hit me in the stomach.
1: (laughs) Commence the hitting. And then they're like, nah, here's some B5. (laughs) Yeah. It's just cure
0: with some vitamins. And it's also point out that this particular event occurred in Assas. I think that's how it's pronounced. And it, it was during a time where they were doing really poorly. In terms of po- uh, poverty
1: and, which, unfortunately, there's like hardly ever a good time yeah. <laughs> in that time period. Well, I
0: mean, considering that Strasbourg is, it, be- it becomes a prosperous community. But yeah, in this case, that that area where the dancing plague started was seen as um, on the lower end of things.
1: Yeah, not the uh, not where you want to be living because. I mean, people just start dancing all of a sudden because life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So the next theory that I have, I have titled it My Tummy Hurts Theory. (laughs) So this one stems from just the, the idea of ergot. So I know this very well as a student of history, but this ergot theory has or was at least very hot in academia for a long time. And not just in this case of the dancing plague. Any weird history occurrence, there's always some professor that's like ergot (laughs) (laughs) and i studied the salem witch trials for months and did a research culminating in like 50 page long paper and there were so many papers and books that i read about ergot it would became sickening (laughs) so the general idea is that rye grains used for baking bread can get a psychoactive ergot fungi on it and then people eat it and freak the hell out sort of like being on lsd So how about this idea of a a mass food poisoning angel?
0: I was also, I've heard of the ergot thing in the past and I'm like, sure, why not? But I've never heard of people on LSD start dancing. I don't know why this would affect these folks in a dancey way.
1: And it all very specifically like a way of affecting it. And then so many different people, like it all affected them. If it was some sort of food issue, all the same way. Yeah. And then, like, well, why didn't it affect everybody in the town or something like yeah. that? And then on top of that, it took about a month for it to amass to the 400 people that were dancing. That would be a lot of fungi bread. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not too on board with the, the mass food poisoning idea. The next theory, this one's called the we all about to lose our minds up in here theory or just mass hysteria theory. So this is where a mass illness of some sort starts spreading and there is no actual infectious agent being responsible. The idea where something happens to one person and it just starts spreading and spreading and spreading. And then all of a sudden it just stops really no explanation of as why it began or why it stopped. Any thoughts on just mass hysteria being the culprit here?
0: I've heard about mass hysteria throughout history and I don't, I've never bought that as an excuse for mm-hmm. anything. I've never seen mass hysteria in modern times. I don't see why this is a thing that people believe happens. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I don't know. But I just, I don't see how somebody. I mean, there's like mass panic, but I don't think that's the same thing mm-hmm. as mass hysteria. Like, I don't. I don't yeah. see people dancing and suddenly they decide, well, I got to do it too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And then they're all like, stop at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know, eh, this has gone on long <laughs> enough. Like, it's, it's hard for me in this instance to like, it's sort of like, I think to fully understand it, you'd, ha- you'd have to be living in the moment for it to be like, yeah, this is a this is massive is going on right now. This is <laughs> happening, guys. Like That's the only way I think I could really be all in on the mass hysteria theory is watching it happen, and and in this case, because it is such a specific and weird thing happening. Last theory that I have is just the I hate this world theory. We sort of talked about (laughs) it a few moments ago where people just lost hope, and life was complete shit. Constantly dealing with trauma messed people up, and life at this time was insanely difficult. And this is pretty much John Waller's theory uh, in the book mentioned uh, at the beginning of this whole thing, that people hit a breaking point and it manifested in pretty much a mental breakdown. And other people are like, this makes sense. <laughs> like, th- This is how I'm going to mentally deal with, with this situation is just this chaotic body movements for multiple days. And then... They're like, oh, eh, that looks better than my current life, so why not? <laughs> so, any any thoughts on on this just being like a mental breakdown because of the social, economic problems, the religious problems, the being afraid of animals killing you that come out of the forest problems, uh, You're, the bridges collapsing when two hundred <laughs> people go on it. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think that's more from the dancing and not from the issues <laughs> they were experiencing. I mean, I guess it's plausible. It's, again, I don't see people doing that now. People living in the worst of the worst. I don't see them just Mm -hmm. having a breaking point and suddenly start dancing. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a different time that, that made people that way.
1: I think for this to have occurred in this specific pattern, like there had to have been some sort of cultural thing going on too that never made it through time. Like that something... It's very specific to these people as all these instances really happened around the same general area. Um, Like there had to have been something that those people knew about and and things that they dealt with culturally that just never made it through history that isn't explainable and even maybe Paracelsus did not know of as well. Besides just blaming women for being women at the (laughs) time or something like that. Any theories that you have for the dancing plague of 1518?
0: I was trying to come up with a theory where something to do with protests and what we just mm-hmm. talked about, civil unrest, but somebody already ca- kind of, came up with something like that. But this person apparently is a choreographer. <laughs> they chore- okay. they did some a uh, dance, choreographed the dance that was inspired by this event. It says, this is how the dancing plague of Strasbourg started 500 years ago, an incident which caused the death of many people through exhaustion, heart attack, hunger, and thirst. It affected the whole society during this time, but still after many years, it continues to generate intrigue and curiosity. I guess the choreographer's name is Saren Oran. So Saren Oran believes It was nothing but a personal breakdown and a protest about life at the time. The hunger, the poverty, the diseases, the misogynist mindset, the breakdown of society, the corrupt church of the Middle Ages. Frau Trophia tried to defeat all these through her dance and save herself and her soul through the trans-like state. Something about this is interesting because I've noticed it in other points where it talks about people dying. But the Mm. Wikipedia article explicitly says, you know... There's really no evidence that people died, especially the historical documents from the from the town.
1: Yep. And I think it does. The the documents get a little bit very sketchy on the death toll, if any. And a lot of that seems to come from what I understand and my reading into it of specifically John Waller's presentation of the material in his book. He claims to have this primary source from the time of like a, a city council statement or something like that, that talked about deaths, but there's no concrete evidence that shows like these people actually died and records of their death for that. Mm-hmm.
0: As for a theory, I don't have a good working theory. This is what I've connected so far. The, the event happened in 1518, which is five years before the town of... Strasbourg before the the town accepts Protestantism in 1523 now maybe some numerologists out there have uh, an idea of the number five you know five years prior maybe these uh dancers were doing some kind of ritual maybe they were witches I don't know but not to mention that the there's also these events that happened there are these dancing events have happened in the past, like you mentioned, and according to the Smithsonian Magazine website, that has an article on this, it says that the disease, in quotes, spread to to Liege, Utrecht, Tongres, and other towns in the Netherlands and Belgium up and down the Rhine River. This was, and this was referring to these. Kind of dancing events that happened in the 1300s, thereabouts. From there, the Wikipedia article on Lower Alsace says, In the late Middle Ages, the unity of Lower Alsace was lost. Strasbourg became an imperial city, owing allegiance to nobody save the emperor, and the great noble families gradually became extinct, their lands being inherited by families from across the Rhine." I don't know. Maybe it's a coincidence. But I'm thinking somebody did something that affected these people along the Rhine, causing them to lose their minds to dancing, and eventually made these noble families kaput.
1: You know what I think we need? What's that? (laughs) We need the... Uh, Neuralink co-founder guy that wants to make uh, novel species. We need that DNA of those extinct families. <laughs> Bring them back. We need, we need them back. They'll fix. They'll be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are several theories as to what could have happened and uh, as to where it came from. The dancing plague. So where exactly did it go? Nobody really knows. <laughs> it just sort of stopped and then. Over the years, uh, next hundred years, it, some issues of it coming back again, but never in the same veracity, really, as the 1518 version. But say that you do find yourself afflicted with this condition, what exactly should you do? Well, Angel, I'm here to help. There is possible treatment for the Dancing Plague. So Paracelsus said people should be locked in dark unpleasant places and fast on water and bread so basically solitary confinement in an American prison Paracelsus is like that's going to work for the dancing plague <laughs> I, I, it, there's no proof that it did <laughs> but he says it it, it could work uh, do you think that's a good treatment? I mean it can't hurt <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise you're just dancing in the dark eating bread and water it's somewhere else Another option suggested by Paracelsus, and this is honestly something I do no matter what condition I am in. It is just good general health advice. It is to fashion images of yourself in wax. (laughs) Transfer your thoughts to this weird homunculus that you create, and then you set it on fire. That's that, it. That's that's, that's the truth. That was actually one of my uh,
0: game ideas for the picnic, but never made it.
1: <laughs> to make a wax monkeyless <laughs> of yourself, and hopefully, corn cob doesn't come. And <laughs> the <laughs> <a> corn <laughs> um, <laughs> The next one, though, it reminds me a little bit of that Melonheads doctor who just pumped more and more water into their large, large heads. <laughs> the idea was play more music. so fiddlers and drummers were brought to the streets to play music with the idea maybe being that once the music stopped the people would stop dancing but apparently it just made more people join in on the dancing once the music started (laughs) so it, it made things worse reasonable ways to help people right yeah is there any specific way that you could think of to treat the people if if you, maybe if you found yourself in this situation where people are just dancing all around you, they can't stop beating them, in the stomach isn't working. I mean, I think I feel
0: like these people were dancing around the subject. Just amputate their legs.
1: <laughs> Straight amputation. Just get the executioner's axe. Just start chopping. <laughs> no one's gonna be dancing after that. I, I I think it's I like the idea
0: that they're like. I think we need to make bring in more dancing. And these people started playing music. And I just imagine that. These people are looking out into town. They're so heartbroken by everything going on in the world. And they look outside and they're like, these people have been dancing. But now suddenly there's people playing music. So these people are actually happy. So let me go outside and join them.
1: You know. Or like the really confused person that's like, Is there now spontaneous music playing that people just can't stop playing music now? And then they're really
0: confused. Oh, no. The fiddler's like, I can't stop. I
1: can't stop. Fiddling into their arm, cutting through the bone, the the strings not breaking. Oh, man. 1518 was a hell of a time. So why don't we jump into the rubric of power get me off this ride edition and see exactly how the dancing plague adds up so how about the in their shoes category how scary would it be in your book angel
0: i thought about this and i said well if people died it could be scary but we don't know if people died or not it was it's at most physically exhausting and and annoying to just keep dancing and can't stop maybe it's scary because it's like i can't control my body i don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. so i said
1: two two yeah initially i was like no not at all just dancing but then people start collapsing i guess it happens and i remember specifically more than a few 90s sitcoms that had episodes where like a couple was in a dance (laughs) competition to see like who the longest dancers Mm -hmm. would be to to win a prize and people would just start collapsing and and, like, the, the main characters, they, they don't want to give yeah. up. But then someone has to give up. But then the people's feet start bleeding. And, like, bones are coming out of their legs. And they're just like, I got to dance. I got to <laughs> dance. And they don't stop dancing. I don't think it's scary in the traditional sense. It would be, it would be like, why can, why are these people dancing so long? that then becomes unsettling yeah. of just seeing the act for that long. It's like a month of dancing. <laughs> and... <laughs> And if you are the one that's dancing and can't stop, like you said, like you start seeing your feet bleed and you're compelled to keep going, is that like a loss of self control or somebody else controlling your body? I think that jumps it to a whole nother level of scariness, of you just can't stop. So for these in their shoes factor, their bloody, bloody and bruised feet, I give it a three mm-hmm. for scariness. How about believability?
0: I don't see why. Why it's not believable. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the thing I can't relate to is is why it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, what? People just started dancing? Like, okay. But it's not so outlandish that it's like, that would never happen. Like, come on. It's not mm-hmm. like a dragon came and ate people in the town. It's like, dragons aren't real. Come on, guys. <laughs> 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 Except for the Paisa. saw. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's believable. I mean, again, 400 people? Well, that seems a bit exaggerated, mm-hmm. but I think there's at least between 30 to 400 people. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: three. Three, yeah. The way I looked at it, to me, there feels like, like you're saying, sort of a melding of legend and fact for a lot of these dancing hysterias, and specifically for the fifteen eighteen one. I mean, there there is recordings of it being real. Paracelsus went to investigate it seven years after it occurred, and then tried to blame it on unhappy wives. <laughs> and to me, that's more believable that somebody would come up to that dumb conclusion of just like <laughs> these women, these women, why are they doing this? Um, so for that, I am dropping on a four for believability. Now, how about the lore? The
0: lore is. It's intriguing, but it it's there's not enough information. Every time I've looked up the dancing plague of 1518, it's always there's always that mention of this has happened before, but mm-hmm. there's no information on the other stuff that has happened before. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's always like a <laughs> yeah,
0: sentence. and I'm like okay, I, I guess. I wish there was somebody out there that really investigated this, like worked on their thesis. On the whole, dancing plague
1: phenomena throughout history, mm-hmm. uh, but for now, it's a two. Lore is really tough for this one, as it just sort of occurs and then goes away. Like it just it's sporadic. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of heavy documentation of it in the moment. The primary sources just stories after the fact, like Paracelsus. And it's it's super weird, though. It's just a weird thing. And I am more of the opinion of it being some sort of weird, like, cultural manifestation of in the moment, just something that these people express themselves as in the moment. And it being sort of embellished on the actual length of it or the, like you said, the amount of people of it as well. And I mentioned my research that I did in school for the Salem Witch Trials, and that's the same approach that I took in that and really... All history is like really specific people in these specific moments doing things based on their culture and their lives and their upbringing. It's, It's sort of hard to explain a lot of things if what was going on 500 years ago or something like that. A lot of things have changed and transferred as far as culture that aren't the same anymore. As far as, like, Salem, like, people believe that they were witches. And, like, years and years of religious teachings and life at the time just set a base level of how you perceive the world. And that perception gets lost over time. I do like the, like, Waller's theory of, like, the world was shit and I'm just traumatized by it and this is how I'm dealing with it. Like, life usually sucked in medieval times for most people. Just hitting a breaking point and your brain not being able to process the world uh it's it's a real thing. It happens. We'll never know what really happened. But Frau Trophia being like F this, let's dance, that's that's possible. It's just like she's like F this <laughs> I'm dancing now for the next three days or whatever. So for Lore, I landed on a two point nine five. How about the danger of the plague?
0: Aside from death, there's hurting your uh your feet, exhaustion, collapse. But that's, to me, that's not. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's hard to to say that it, this isn't dangerous because it is some sort of level of danger. But it's it's not mm-hmm. like I'm putting my head inside of a lion's mouth, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping it doesn't bite down.
1: You're not traveling through a forty year wide hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting melded onto a ship. <laughs>
1: so danger level is that. Uh, two there's no solid number of how many people died from this specific instance of the dancing plague like some sources claim that it was written up that at least 15 people a day were dying but there's like there's no total number or like (laughs) sources (laughs) that actually like a primary source that says that that i could find dealing with stuff this old without a lot of primary sources it's it's a rough task but like i said life back then sucked famine plagues Insane landlords that want to kill you. Other landlords that want to kill you. (laughs) Dangerous work. Wild animals killing you. Uh, Dancing plague while insane sounding. Seems less of a worry than some of the other things going on at the time. And if you didn't die from the dancing, like you said, exhaustion. Very real. uh, But you could probably recover it over time. So for danger, I went with a (laughs) 1.45. impact on pop culture
0: so you said something interesting that it's not gonna affect my score but it made me think like what if you were to get somebody from these times and bringing them to our time and see and they have them watch things like stuff on tv and they'll be horrified it's like you have you guys have purposely have dance competitions (laughs) <laughs> where you can't stop dancing?
1: Like, we don't... thats we That happened to us.
0: It wasn't something we liked. hmm
1: I think that whole premise is Bill and Ted, the first movie <laughs> where they need them to write a paper. <laughs> and they get, like, the Abraham yeah. Lincoln to speak. Uh,
0: it's just... I don't think da- the dance competition thing ever was inspired by that. But I can't think of anything that this particular event has affected besides that uh, quotation i did of the choreographer i mean if there is something i missed it but i don't see how the dancing plays affected anything in pop culture mm-hmm. i gave it a one
1: there is a beer company called modern <laughs> time beer and they have like six versions of a dancing plague beer <laughs> oh my like god some of them have like a uh, berry flavor and others don't Um, so there's one brewery out there trying to keep dancing play going on. (laughs) I did find, I did find a Dutch fairy tale from the 1800s called Red Shoes about a girl who believe it or not gets red shoes (laughs) and when she puts them on, she can't stop dancing. dancing. I feel
0: like I've read this before.
1: (laughs) That may have been influenced by that, but. No, no guarantees. And then that also got adapted into a few movies. I think the most prominent one was like in the forties. I landed on a one and a half impact <laughs> on pop culture. So what did your total add up to, Angel? Ten. And mine was a twelve point nine. Putting that into the rubric of power, get me off this ride. Right edition: The Dancing Plague of fifteen eighteen lands at an eleven point four five wow not not a horrible ranking for the dancing plague but nowhere close to a philadelphia Experiment.
0: nope yeah it just comes underneath that it goes below the melon heads but thankfully it's above wolpertinger
1: can you imagine the melon heads <laughs> dancing <laughs> they can't stop oh, no and they say beat me in the stomach." <laughs> Those poor melon heads. So in that same vein, then I guess like we have the dancing plague not not doing so well. The performance they just they didn't have it in them. The bridge collapsed underneath their feet. What would you add in the amalgamation corner to the dancing plague to maybe just bump it up a little bit?
0: Really, the only thing you can add is <laughs> Baba Yaga's house.
1: <laughs> their chicken? Hunt? Yes. Why?
0: because imagine it can't stop dancing and it's a house
1: oh you're giving the dancing plague to her house yes <laughs> oh my god it's just gonna be dancing through the forest and baba Yaga's gonna fall out of it <laughs> It might cause a
0: earthquake or something <laughs>
1: she's gonna take the tree down <laughs> do you think baba yaga could use her power to stop the dancing plague though uh, i mean she's powerful enough i think she can do it does that mean she could get rid of curses is the dancing plague a curse then?
0: <laughs> yes, let's say it is.
1: <laughs> In this hypothetical, <laughs> with Jigsaw, <laughs> um, yeah, I think she would have the power to to, of course, yes, one hundred percent, Baba Yaga I can rid. I would, I am confident to say any curse. All right, because because she's like she's got like primordial powers. She goes way back. Yeah. Before cursings were even a thing. I got a
0: I got a t- I got a vase to to take to her then.
1: To make it more powerful
0: (laughs) (laughs) To make it actually work (laughs) To
1: really kill people (laughs) What I would add to the dancing plague I know you didn't see this one coming To add to the otherworldly theory We are getting the Dropa stones Oh my god Fall (laughs) into Rather the hills of China Or wherever the hell they (laughs) supposedly were They fall into The Rhine river and the people pull out the Dropa stones after centuries of decoding the, the stones. Frau Trophia was the one that decoded it. It says, You gotta dance. <laughs> and the Dropa stones decoded. It teaches them the way of the dance to call down the aliens, the Dropas, and to bring them to a new world because the medieval world sucked. So, and that's, so, that's what I have. So,
0: <laughs> do you think that maybe they never died? They just came to a better world? And that's why there's no. Uh, they're still dancing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why it stopped. Yeah. they all they all uh, taken away by the people. Yep. I think I saw.
0: <laughs> well, in that case, we can uh, tap 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 our way onto social media. On Twitter, you can follow us at Cracking Curios and uh, tweet at us whatever you want about cryptids, curios, and in this case, uh strange events and maybe uh you know message uh, include Dan Aykroyd because he's got some. He loves to dance he loves to dance <laughs> and make sure you uh, include the hashtag cracked cryptids you can also follow us on Instagram at cracking cryptids and send us an email at cracking cryptids and curios at gmail.com on top of all of that if you're not subscribe to any of our any podcast platform do so now so you can follow us there we're on amazon audible podbean spotify google apple itunes and we're also on stitcher and iheart radio my goodness those are awesome things and more awesome things to come and as always (laughs) toodles
2: This has been and I am actually traveling back into time production. <laughs>